Welcome to the Rhema Young Adults Podcast, where we focus on developing a God-centered life. We're so glad you are here, and our hope is to see young adults grow and take steps in their walk with God. We hope you enjoy this message. We've been in this series called Deep Clean, and this idea of us partnering with the Holy Spirit for Him to search you to get in those deep places of your heart to find the things that are in you that are keeping you from going further with him. There are hindrances in our life. There are things that are in our heart, specifically, the Bible says, that are keeping us from freedom, that are keeping us from a closer walk with him. And so we want to go deep. We want to find those places and we want to clean them out and we want to make room for Jesus. How many of you want to make room for Jesus? I want to make room for Jesus. And we've been using the main scripture, Romans chapter 7, and I'm not going to go there. But Paul's talking in Romans chapter 7 about how he keeps doing things that he doesn't want to do. He's also talking about how he can't get himself to do the things that he ultimately does want to do. Have you ever been there? Come on, I said, have you ever been there? There's things that you want to do and you just can't seem to get yourself to do it. And there's things that you're tired of doing and you just keep doing it. Paul says there's this inward battle. Inward. Everybody say inward. There's this inward war, this inward battle that's taking place And we bring definition to it here in Mark chapter 7. If you have your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 7. We're going to throw it up on the screen. Mark chapter 7, verse 21. It says this, and this is kind of giving us some point to this inward struggle. Verse 21 says, For it is from within. Out of a person's what? Come on, let's participate tonight. Out of a person's? Heart that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. You know, James is writing in the book of James, he says that when your own Evil desires are full grown. They produce sin. And when that sin is full grown, it produces death. So the sin that we struggle with in our life actually comes from within ourselves. People be blaming the devil all the time, man. The devil is always out to get me. It's just the devil's fault. The reality is, is that it's not fully the devil's fault. It is our own. This next scripture I want to point out to you kind of brings some more definition to that. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says this. Keep your heart, everybody say heart, with all diligence. Watch this. For out of it springs the issues of your life. Could it be that the issues that you're having in your life right now are nobody else's fault? but yours. 
Now, I do understand that many of us have been given some unfair advantages or kind of been put into some really unfortunate places, but yet we are all where we are because we have placed ourselves or have allowed ourselves to be there. You didn't like that. That, that, that feels rough. I'm speaking to myself because you can never overcome what you do not own. You have to own it. I always tell people, own your faults. Do you ever just hate it when people lie to you? You know that they did it, but they never tell you the truth. They won't own it. But let me tell you right now, if they never own it, they'll never overcome it. Let me say it like this. You will not defeat in your life what you don't define, what you don't bring definition to. You have to define, you have to bring a definition, a clarity to that which is causing the problem in your life. Once you bring clarity, once you bring definition, then you can defeat it, then you can overcome it, but you cannot overcome something that you do not own. First, we gotta own it. I'm where I'm at because of myself. I'm struggling with what I'm struggling with because I've allowed myself to struggle with it. And so this is where it begins. This is where the transformation happens is when we take ownership of our own actions. Everybody say ownership. So here in the first week, we talked about the haunted heart. The reason why Paul's struggling is because we said his heart was haunted. We talk about these ghosts. We talk about guilt, hopelessness, offense, sorrow, these things that are hidden inside of our heart. And they seem to only pop out in certain seasons of our life. It seems like you watch something or you hear an old song or someone rejects you and it brings out all these emotions you did not know were still lying hidden inside of you. And it just disrupts your life out of nowhere. David talks a lot about this in the Psalms. You know, David, he's like this, up and down, up and down, up and down, all the way through the Psalms. One day he's great, one day he's not, one day he's doing awesome, the other day he's defeated. And here's the thing, it's just because he's wrestling with these emotions of the things that he's struggling with, the things he's battling, both outward and inward. David brings insight. He says at one point that he's so tired of dealing with it, he said, if I had wings like a dove, I would fly away from here. But here's the reality is you can't fly away from yourself. You got to deal with yourself. And sometimes we just get tired of ourselves. Have you ever been tired of yourself? I have been there, both hands up. You just get tired of hearing. I've preached so much sometimes. I'll get to a point where I'm like, I don't want to hear myself talk again. <laughs> like, I'm just annoyed of hearing myself. Sometimes you get annoyed with yourself because you find yourself like Paul. Doing things that you don't want to do and not able to do the things you wanna do. And it's frustrating, it's frustrating. Week two, we talked about hidden habits. We went really you know, scientific, we talked about your subconscious. This is where your habits lie, the things you do without even thinking about it. You make 35,000 decisions in a day and they say actually 40% of your decisions are actually habit, the things that you do without even thinking. So what is that, 17 to 19,000 of your decisions that you're making a day you're not even thinking about making. We're talking about your subconscious, how sometimes our, our actions and our words just respond to what we hear and who we're around. And, and it's like, where did that come from? Have you ever said something? You're like, oh my goodness, did I just say that? I can't believe I just said that. Right, why? Because of your subconscious. There's these hidden habits, this haunted heart, which brings me tonight to the title of this message, and it's called Healthy Heart. A healthy heart. So we've identified that Paul's heart is haunted 
We've also identified that there's these hidden habits. We talked about in hidden habits, the reason why you keep doing what you don't want to do is because you just keep blowing it off. You never take acknowledgement or bring into your conscious that which you keep doing wrong. You don't just sit down and go, why did I do that? And what caused me to do that? Right? So we keep doing it because we never take ownership. We never write it down. Right? But tonight I want to talk about how do we make our heart healthy again? Go to Jeremiah 17, 9. Can I teach? Okay, I'm just going to teach. Okay? By nature, I like to preach. So I might get a little rowdy. I might get a little loud. It's just who I am. Okay? Um, So uh, bear with me if I get a little excited. But I really want you to grab a hold of this. I believe fully. If you grab a hold of the truth that I've said in these last three sermons, you can fully change who you are. You can change your entire identity. That's a bold statement. But I really believe that by the Holy Spirit, God has given us his Holy Spirit, not just to bring signs, wonders, and miracles to everyone around us, but to have the power to change who you are and mold yourself into the image of Christ Jesus. The Bible says that the world will know you by your love for one another. How many of you know it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to love everybody, even your enemies? We need the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the spirit of man is a candle for the Lord, searching the deep parts of the heart. So it is the spirit of God partnering with my spirit, going into the deep, dark places of me that is going to help me find these things that don't belong, get them out of me and replace those ghosts, replace those things, those hidden habits with good ones. I love the song that we're singing. That scripture says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. You're gonna find yourself not sinning against God if in those deep, dark, hidden places of your heart, you've placed the word of God. Because when you find yourself going through difficult situations in your life, guess what's gonna come out? The word. Let me tell you right now, let me keep it simple. What you put in is what's gonna come out, okay? And so the more word you put in, the more word that's gonna come out in situations. So if you don't wanna sin against God, then you need to hide the word in your heart. Am, am I talking to the right room? You need to hide the word in your heart. In Jeremiah 17, it says this, the heart is deceitful above all things. Watch this. And desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. I love this because now it's bringing action. It's talking about your works I love the scripture. It also says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. I'll take it right this. Out of the abundance of your heart, you think. Out of the abundance of heart, you speak. Out of the abundance of your heart, you do. And so if what's coming out of your mouth and what is coming out of your actions is corrupt, it's probably because your heart is corrupt. I can tell where a lot of people's heart is at simply by the way they talk. That's not a judgmental thing. Sometimes... Those things need to come out so someone can help you. Sometimes you need to speak and share your feelings and your emotions so they stop getting isolated inside of you and you can get them outside of you so we can start dealing with them. But you can't deal with them if they stay on the inside. We gotta get them out on the outside. But I notice this, he says desperately sick. And Proverbs 13, 12 says this. Hope deferred 
makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. I think this is super interesting. So how does our heart get sick? It's when your hope gets ignored and the things you hope for don't ever come to pass. Have you ever had something you hoped for never happen? How did it make you feel? Sick on the inside. Let me tell you a story really quick. When I moved into my house, um, there's this neighbor diagonal from me. His lawn is pristine. (laughs) His lawn is incredibly immaculate. It is perfect. Flowers always have color. His grass is perfectly green. He's got the lines through it. And listen, people are like, that's weird. No, I like that, okay? Like a clean lawn, like just perfect green grass. He's got the trim painted. This guy, I would go out on a lawn chair and I would watch my kids play and they would run around the yard and I would sit in my lawn chair and I would look over at him. This guy would come out daily, every single day. He would walk through there He would trim the bushes so they were perfectly round. He'd go into his garage. He'd grab a broom, a broom, walk through it and sweep up the twigs into a dustpan and walk them over to the trash. When he was all done, he would walk up after he got done mowing. He would take a paint roller and he would paint roll his edging every daily. I was sitting in my lawn chair and I looked over at my flower bed and I was like, man, I'm just gonna admit, I was coveting another man's lawn. (laughs) I was jealous of this guy's lawn. And I'm sitting over here like just hoping. I'm like, man, like I want my lawn to look like that. I'm sitting in this lawn and this guy had lawn habits. This guy had the, he was retired military. Man, this is what he did. This was his pride and joy, his bread and butter. Every day he's out there and he did it daily. And what I think is interesting is, is finally I've, I got tired of just watching it. I had to go talk to him. And I went over and talked to him. I said, hey, what do you do? He started sharing me with what he does with his lawn or whatever. And he says, every year it is my desire to have a great looking lawn. It's my desire. He said that. And I was like, well, it's my desire too. My desire is to have a clean lawn too. But here's the problem. The difference between me and my neighbor was that he had habits. I had hope. And here's the problem, is that when your hopes never turn into habits, you'll never accomplish that which you hope for, therefore leaving you sick. Therefore, when your heart's sick, Mark 7 says that you start doing evil things. So the root to maybe, just maybe, why you are doing the evil that you're doing is because your heart is hurt because there's been things you've been hoping for that you've never been able to make come to pass. Simply because you never took your hopes and turned them into habits. I want you to write this down. Hope alone does not determine the health of your heart. Hope with corresponding habits determines the health of your heart. So what happens when the things that we hope for never get us to develop habits to achieve it? Our heart gets sick. 
When our heart gets sick, it says in Mark chapter seven that we start doing these evil things, the things that we don't want to do. So it is that we have to look at the health, the condition of our heart, and we gotta begin to change it. But let me just show you Paul, Romans chapter seven, how he had hopes that never became habits. Let's throw this up on the screen. Romans chapter seven, verse 15. I'm gonna jump around here, watch this. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, listen to these words, what I want to do, what I hope for, I do not do. Verse 18, let's throw this one, verse 18. For I have the desire, what does that sound like? Hope. I have this desire. He had the desire to have a good lawn. I had a desire to have a good lawn. He had a hope to have it. He says, for I have a hope, a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do. So your heart is sick because you're hoping for things, but haven't developed habits to reach what you're hoping for. So what do we got to do, young adults? We got to turn our hope into habits. Everybody say it with me. Say hope to habits. Come on, say it again. Say hope to habits. Come on, one more time. Hope to habits. We want it to stick. We want this to be repetitive. So hope without habits is like me sitting in the lawn chair. That's what it looks like. Have you ever set a goal in your life to read the Bible, to stop doing this addiction, to you know, to quit drinking pop, to lose some weight, to get into physical fitness. Have you ever set a goal? Have you ever set something in your life and then you disappointed yourself? Come on, everyone should be there. We've all had like 17 New Year's resolutions and lost them all in the first like five weeks, right? Like we, we, we all have done this. Can I actually tell you what happens in your mind when you do this? It's actually called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. I know we're going we're gonna to learn something tonight. Cognitive dissonance. Okay, what happens is, is, is actually the same toxins that when you disappoint someone and so you let someone down and they come and tell you like, man, you didn't do what I asked you to do. Or they say, man, I'm so disappointed in you. What do you do? You're like, oh. Those toxins that are released are the same toxins that are released when you let yourself down. When you don't do what you said you were going to do. So when you tell you, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna quit drinking pop, I'm gonna quit doing this, and I'm gonna start doing this, and then you don't do it, those same toxins are released, and it actually grows to be depressed towards yourself disappointing yourself. And what does that do? Those emotions that that creates, where do those come from? Your heart. And your heart gets sick because you keep letting yourself down. Because you can't follow through with what you said that you were gonna do. And so if we want a healthy heart, we've gotta turn these hopes into habits. First, I wanna say this, hope is good. We come from a faith church and a lot of people are like, man, why do we even need hope? Let me tell you, faith is good, or hope is good because the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
We have no faith lest we have hope. Faith is the substance of that which we hope for. So in order to have faith, we must have hope. The Bible also says that hope is the anchor for my soul. Everybody say this, say hope is good. Let me say it like this. Hope is our desire for something. Faith is the power that we have in God. And habits is the actions that we have to do it. James said this, faith without works is so to believe for something and never do something about it I heard someone say this is called demon faith because even the demons believe but yet they never do so if you believe and have faith but yet never act on it what is your faith I want to say it like this your hope is the dream center for your faith Your faith grabs a hold of something. Your faith grabs a hold of what you're hoping for, what you desire, the desires of your heart. The Bible says he'll give unto you, right? The desires of your heart. That's your hope. These things that I hope for is what I plug my faith into, therefore put action steps to achieve. We have to have hope and we have to then apply our faith to that which we hope for and then we have to have actions to achieve it. So it goes from hope to habits. Faith is the power that we have in the center. So let me ask you this question. What do you hope for? What do you hope for? Maybe you're like, man, I really hope to stop lying. Stop stretching the truth. Man, I just really hope to break some addictions in my life in 2023. Man, I really hope in 2023 that I get physically fit and I finally do something about it. Man, I really have this hope in 2023 to talk more to God and have a better prayer life. Man, in 2023, I really want to read through the Bible all the way through. These are what you hope for. That's why you make them goals. That's why you put them on your vision board, right? For 2023, it comes from your hope. But we have to form habits. If I want to read through the Bible, the whole Bible, I got to make a habit to do that daily. Let me say this, if you have a hope to be more of a servant this year, make a habit to serve in the church or just make a habit to hold every door open that you possibly can for everybody that you run into. I remember I actually said this one time, I said, it's gonna be be my focus, it's gonna be my desire to, to try to hold all the doors open that I can for everybody. It was just a small one. I just want to be more of a servant. I started this, this habit. You know what's amazing is my son started watching, my four-year-old son started watching me hold doors all the time. And so every morning at daycare, my boys run ahead of me. They run ahead of me and they grab the door and they say, let me do it, let me do it, let me do it. And they hold and they pack their back up to the wall and they just let people go through. Even when third people are 40 feet away, they're just like, come on. Like, I'm like, no, like you can go in now. No, but he has... My son has a habit because of a small habit that I started to be more of a servant. Let me say this. We don't rise to the level of our hopes. We fall by the level of our habits. So how do we start healthy habits that make our heart healthy? Do you guys want to know? Okay, we got five minutes. No. (laughs) Number one is this. If you're taking notes, how to form healthy habits in your life 
I'm telling you, if you write this down and you apply it to your life, you can change your entire identity. You can change who you are as an entire person. I'm not saying that from belief or by faith. I'm saying that because I've done it. I've done it. And so I want you to know, number one, you gotta make it small. You gotta make it small. I heard this quote, the greatest way to make a big change in your life is to start small. The greatest way to make a big change in your life is to start small. Zechariah 4.10 says, do not despise my small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices, the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I love this so much because God gets excited when you start. This might change your whole perspective right here. This might blow your mind. You're not successful when you finish. You're successful when you start. Because we're not doing what we do for an end result. We do what we do because we want to form a lifestyle. So therefore, immediately, as soon as I apply the thing I want to do, I am that thing. The very first morning I wake up early, I am a morning person because my action showed me I was a morning person. And I celebrate myself. This morning, I hadn't, or all through Thanksgiving break, I slept in. My kids were out of town for the first time in five years of my marriage, so guess what? I slept, and I, I enjoyed every minute of it, and I didn't feel guilty. But I had to get back into the habit of waking up at 5 a.m., so you know what I did? The devil comes in your head, and he goes, oh, you're not a morning person anymore. You broke your routine, all this stuff. And I said, no, no, no. The next morning, I set my alarm for 5. I got up right at 5, and you know what I immediately said when I shut off my alarm? I said, I am a morning person. Why? Because I just did it. I just did it, so therefore I am, so let me tell you, you are successful as soon as you start. You start tomorrow, that which you hope for to get better at, you're successful. I love this, God gets excited when you just start. Your small habits create big impacts. I heard this, it's called the snowball effect or the compound effect. If you were to get a snowball and you were to put it at, a, at the top of a hill full of snow and you took that little snowball and you rolled it down the hill, it's gonna accumulate more snow and by the, eventually by it gets down to the bottom, it's gonna be this massive snowball, right? So it is starting with a small habit. Your small habits will grow bigger and bigger and bigger and ultimately create a large impact in your life. For instance, my small habit of holding open the door for people has not just left me, but has entered into my four-year-old son. And so therefore, something that started small is now making a giant impact in my son. Let me tell you right now, the small little things that your parents did their whole life, the little things that they did that it really annoyed you, you will actually find yourself doing when you become, you know, actually some of you are doing it right now. Because the little things that your parents did, whether good or bad, you find yourself doing. My dad would always go to the refrigerator and open up an entire two liter of Mountain Dew, the grossest thing ever, the grossest thing ever. He would open up the whole thing and he would just drink it. I was like, bro, like pour it into a glass. Like I would say that when I was a kid. And it was like a year ago, I walked up to the fridge and there was this Dr. Pepper I didn't even, I literally grabbed it, opened it up, and mid-drink, I was like, oh my goodness, I am my father's son. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Why? Because small things that you do, they leave big impacts. The Bible actually says that sin can go into the, your sin can go into the third and fourth generation. It's called generational sin. What is that? It's just a habit. 
Monkey see, monkey do. What kids see, they do. Right? So your small habits can make a large impact. I saw this diagram before that if you were to take a plane on a flight and you were to take it and just turn the nose 10 degrees, you know, a few thousand, you know, thousand some miles, it could course correct and get back on. But if that plane just keeps flying, keeps flying, the destination is going to be entirely different from the destination it chose when it first started. 10 degrees, a small adjustment of the nose of that plane, and it's going to change its entire destination. I have a couple examples. If you read two to four chapters a day for 300 of your Bible, for 365 days, you'll read the whole Bible in a year. I've actually, I had a period in my life where I used to read the Bible every three months. And when I did that, uh, it took an hour and 10 minutes, 10 to 12 chapters a day. You'll read it in three months. Small habits, big impact. I've read through the Bible now, I think like 15 times. For the last six years, I've read it through 15 times. Now, that's a big impact. But guess what? It started small. It started daily. My neighbor's lawn <laughs> started small. But he added a flower and a flower, and then he added a bush and this bush, and he took care of it. And then when he was faithful with little, and he organized that, God made him faithful over more. And he, the more he got, the more he multiplied. And he has a beautiful entire lawn when it started small. Big impacts always start small. If you pray 20 minutes a day for 365 days, if you just pray 20 minutes, some of you commute 20 minutes, some of you do for work, or if you pray 20 minutes a day for 365 days, that is 120 hours a year. Let me tell you right now, that's better than nothing. 120 hours a year. Small things make big impacts. I want you to write this down. It's the small things that nobody sees that produces the results that everybody wants. It's the small things. Every time I see someone who's got fruit on the tree in an area of their life, I immediately think to myself, what is the small things that they are doing daily that have brought them to this point? I don't care who they are, how successful they are. If they got fruit on the tree, I'm going to ask them to coffee. I'm going to ask them for a phone call. Why? Because I know that they, this didn't just happen overnight. There's something that they're doing daily that have brought them to the point that they are at. It started small. Number two is make it obvious. If you want to change what you do, then change what you see. Are you guys holding on? Are you guys Okay. If you want to change what you do, change what you see. These are called triggers. You guys, you have an app on your phone called Reminders. All you got to do is remind yourself. I had a reminder that went off every day to encourage one person a day. Just one person. Every morning it'd go ding. I'd look down and it'd say, just encourage somebody. So I thought of a person and I would text them and I would encourage them. But guess what? I had a reminder, I had a trigger, something to tell me. And guess what? Now I just do it. Everywhere I go, every day, I'm like, who can I encourage today? It's who I am now. Why? Because I formed that habit in my life. It's called a trigger. If you want to read a book, if you want to read a book and you're having trouble reading your book, you know what you do? You put your book under your pillow. Put it in your pillowcase. And at night, when you go to lay down, it's going to be super uncomfortable and you'll be like, oh, it's my book. I should probably read this book right now. And guess what? Read it until you fall asleep. At least you're reading something. 
You know what I did? I actually took a sticky note one day and I just wrote, pray with your kids before you leave. And I slapped it on the garage door. So that way, when we were walking out the house, I would see it and I'd go, pray with your kids. And no matter how crazy it was, they're screaming, he wants a waffle or whatever, I would stop. And I'm like, I saw the sticky note. I saw the trigger. So I would grab my boy's hands and guess what? We would pray. You know what's amazing? Is that my son, because of how much we prayed, it was a small habit. When we got to dinner that night, guess what? Uh, he, he would raise his hand and be like, dad, can I, can I pray? Yes, my son is learning how to pray. Why? Because I made a small habit to pray with him every day. Triggers, set triggers. I love this. Making your desired action obvious. I want you to write this down. Making your desired action obvious will be the determination between your hopes deferred or your dreams fulfilled. I'm going to say that one more time. Making your desired action obvious is the determination between your hopes deferred and your dreams fulfilled. Proverbs 13, 12 says it here. Hope deferred makes your heart sick, but dreams fulfilled is what? A tree of life. A tree of life. We are made, we were born with dreams on the inside of you. You were born with things that God put inside of you, dreams, visions, expectations, things that God wants you to achieve. And here's the thing is, is that you need to put habits in the place to achieve those dreams. Joseph had a dream that he would be a ruler and that his family would bow down to him. But guess what? It didn't matter what came his way, no matter what happened. Even when he was thrown in a pit and he was thrown in a palace, guess what Joseph had? He had habits. And every situation, in every circumstance, Joseph found him and said, you know what he did? He served. He honored. He made things better. And guess what? Those habits were his dreams fulfilled rather than his hopes deferred. I'm going to invite the keys to come up, and I'm going to give you my last point. Make it automatic. Number one, make it small. Number two, make it obvious. And lastly, make it automatic. Here's the deal. I put this word, okay? I, I, want you, I want you to think about this word. Make it. Make it. Here's the reality, young adults. You have to make it. You gotta make it. You gotta make it small. You gotta do it. No one's gonna do it for you. God's not gonna do it for you. That's what I've been trying to talk about this whole series. God did not send his spirit. So in one night in a service, snap your fingers and you were a whole new creation in Christ Jesus. Bam, done. The Bible says he gave you his spirit so that daily I would walk with the spirit of God and he would continually teach me and mold me and shape me and remind me of things. So when I am falling short and when I'm making mistakes, he would come up on the inside of me and make me new. And he would come up inside of me and help me make the right choices, the right decisions. People ask me, how do you form chains in your life? How did I get addicted to this? Can I tell you that every single one of your addictions in your life started with a choice? If I had an acronym, C-H-A-I-N, how a chain is formed in your life, it started with a choice. And that choice done over and over again became a habit. 
And that habit was done so much, it's just automatic. I just don't even think about it. And then guess what? It goes from automatic, it goes into my identity. It's who I am. I don't know how to break this thing. And it leaves your identity, it goes into your nature. It's the nature of the beast, it's just what it does. It's who I am. And that's why we have this internal struggle. Paul said, this ain't who I am. Why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do? The real me, I don't want to do this. But I keep doing it anyways. And the things that I really want to do, the good things I want to do, I can't get myself to do it. What is wrong with me? What's going on on the inside of me? This is the struggle that Paul's been talking about. And so many people have been trying to think about this Romans 7. And what does it mean? I'm just telling you right now, it's because the heart needs attention. Your heart needs healthy choices. It needs, it needs you to make healthy decisions. And guess what? All you have to do is identify those things. Replace them with the word of God, with the right habits. This last illustration there was a, a forest. I want you to picture this, and then I'm going to close. There's a forest. They were studying about like a visual of how to help people understand habits. If you walked up to a jungle forest, right, I want you to pick it in your head, and it's just got vines, and it's got tall, you know, weeds and all this stuff. You walk up to that, there's never been a path blazed in it, and you know what, I see this, you take a machete, and you start chopping it down and you walk through it and you get to a desired result. And then you get to your destination and you turn around. What are you going to do? You're going to take that same path and you're going to chop it down a little more. And then pretty soon you're going to walk up and down that path, up and down that path, up and down. You ever seen those cartoons where they're pacing back and forth and the hole just forms into the ground? You keep walking that same trail. You keep making those same decisions. Guess what? About 30 years of doing that same thing, that ground is going to be dirt. Nothing's going to be grown. It's going to be a clear path. But then the word of God comes along and it says the way you've been walking for the last 5, 10, 15 years, that's not my will. I want you to go that way. And you turn off that path and you see a whole bunch of jungle. And you remember all the work it took to make a path there again. This is why people who've been married for years, they'll say, I don't ever want to get remarried (laughs) because I remember all the work that took to build that relationship with that person. But when you start a new life and a new habit, it's God asking you to, to leave the path of familiarity and shift to this path that is all grown. But here's the thing. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to take effort, but you go through there and you chop down and you give it forth your best effort and you chop it down and you get through there and you keep doing that one over and over and over again. Here's the beauty of it. Eventually that path will grow down and this one will begin to grow again and things will replace it pretty soon. That old path that you walked is completely covered and you don't even have any desire to go back because it's fully covered. And I believe this is what the scripture means. Behold, the old has passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. People wonder why they came up to the altar and gave their life to Jesus and they weren't brand new and they didn't stop struggling with the same sins that they've been struggling with for years. It's because God's not gonna do it for you. Did you hear me? I said, God's not gonna do it for you. He does it with you. 
He wants to walk with you. But here's the thing, as though even though you walk down that path that isn't easy, that is difficult, he is with you. He's given you faith. He's given you his power. He's given you his spirit that you can walk through that and you can walk through it with him and you will make it through the other side and you keep making that choice and you keep making the right decision. And eventually that path will be the one that is most familiar to you. And guess what? You will be so happy on the other side because you are a brand new person in Christ Jesus. The old you has passed away. The brand new you has been brought forth because you made a choice and you made a decision to choose Jesus. Every day you choose him. Every day you make a choice to do what is right. And I love this quote. It says, healthy people do consistently what everyone else does occasionally. And this last quote I want to leave to you. Every choice, every habit, every decision that you make is a vote to who it is that you want to become. My wife challenged me one day because I kept saying, I'm tired. I'm tired. And she goes, Zach, after everything that every time you say something, I want you to add, and that's exactly the way I want it. I was like, why would I do that? She's like, just do it. So one day I did it. I was like, man, I'm tired. And that's exactly the way I want it. I was like, "Mm." man, I'll never be a good preacher. And that's exactly the way I want it. That's, That's not what I want. Man, I'll never pass these classes. And that's exactly the way I want it. Man, I'll never get this. I'll never get that job. And that's exactly the way I want. I challenge you, add that to the end of everything that you say because you'll realize it's not really what you want. What you want, what you hope for is typically the thing that you're complaining about. You're just frustrated that it's being deferred so much. So can I tell you, young people, the way your heart is gonna get cured from being sick and to be healthy is when you put habits to the things that you hope for and you stick to it and you do it daily. And I'm telling you, give yourself 63 days, 64 days, however many it is, give yourself those days. And I promise you on the other side, you will be so proud of yourself because the same toxins that are released when someone looks at you like a dad or mom and says, I'm proud of you, are the same toxins that are released when you actually do what you said you were gonna do. So let's not beat ourselves up. Let's just follow through with what we're gonna do and make it small, make it obvious, and make it automatic. Thank you so much for joining us. We believe that through this message, you were inspired and encouraged to grow in your daily walk with God. See you next time on the Ramey Young Adults Podcast.